Hi, uh, welcome to today's life series. Uh, my name's Emily and I'm a staff here at YWAM Harpenden. And uh, today I get the privilege of talking to you about the nature and character of God. If you like this teaching, you can subscribe to our channel. Uh, and if you have any questions throughout my teaching, you can just comment away. Uh, so welcome. Uh, one of the things I want to tell you about myself is that I love to walk. I really enjoy it. Um, I'm sure we probably all enjoy a good walk at the moment in our situation, but I enjoyed going on a really good hike before lockdown. Uh, I really love uh, just discovering new things and the adventure of a walk. And I think Knowing God's nature and character is very much like a long walk. It's, it's a journey of discovery. It's a journey of um, challenge and beauty and adventure. Uh, sometimes it can be exhilarating. Sometimes it can be hard. Sometimes it can be surprising. And sometimes it can be full of wonder. And the reason it's a journey is because knowing God's nature and character is about relationship. Uh, it's not just knowing about him, but really knowing him at a really intimate level. And to know someone takes time and it takes energy and it takes intentionality. Uh, it's a journey. Uh, it says in, in John 17, verse 3, Eternal life means to know and experience you as the only true God and to know and experience Jesus Christ as the Son who you have sent. To know him is life itself. Now, obviously, to, to get to know God, I can't accomplish that in this next hour, but I hope to give you a a glimpse of who he is and, and spark your desire to want to delve in deeper into who he actually is. The great thing, one of the great things about his attributes is that he's a personal God who actually wants to be known. It says in Proverbs 8.17, those who eagerly look for me will find me. God promises if we desire to find him, if we desire to know about him, then we will. He wants to be known because he's a relational God. He's relational in his very nature. Because he's three in one, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And we're created to join in with that relationship. Uh, I don't know about you, but I've always kind of found the Trinity um, quite a hard concept to get around my head. Uh, but scripture does mention all three and uh, they're three very distinct beings. But at the same time, they're so interconnected relationally that they're also one. And over this kind of particularly recently, I've really kind of been delving into this relationship and what I've been finding, finding is such uh, a beautiful uh, relationship between them that they're constantly submitting to one another and honouring each other and glorifying each other and making way for each other. That's who our God is. Um, the, Jesus came so that he would show the way to the Father and, and the Father's like, no, no, look at my son and my son, this son is then, no, look at the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is, no, look at Jesus. They're constantly pointing to each other and saying, look, come, come inside our relationship, come inside the love that we have for one another. And they're so uh, connected that they start reflecting each other's character. It says in John 1 verse 3, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. Wow. And we get to join in that relationship. We get to reflect him too. Jesus sums it up, I think, really well in John 17. He says, I pray that they, that's us, that will be one just as you and I are one as you are in me, Father, and I am in you, 
and may they be in us so the world will believe you sent me. God wants relationship with us. That's who he is. He's a relational being. And we can experience that relationship in lots of different ways uh, throughout our journey with him. But the relationship that I really felt to focus on today was uh, God as our father. Jesus refers to God as as a dad. In fact, at times he uses the word Abba, which is quite an intimate, affectionate term. Um, And it's best translated in the English language, probably as something like daddy. Uh, And now we're joined to Jesus. We get to call God that too. We can have that same intimate relationship. It says God is our perfectly, perfect heavenly father. And he's chosen to adopt you and me to be in his family before the foundations of the world. In fact, he said, you, as his child, are his treasured possession. For many years, uh, I really struggled kind of um, with this concept of God uh, being a loving father. I projected my own kind of painful experiences onto God. Uh, So really, I just saw him as a sort of a boss figure Uh, And I needed to please him around the workplace. You know, I needed to try and work hard to please him and uh, I guess get get paid, (laughs) earn my wage. Um, And that's how I saw him. Uh, Yet over the years, God has been chipping away uh, with his love at the wall that I, I really put around my heart and just showing me how much he loves me as his child. And as the love has poured in, it like you'd think it would stop, but it doesn't. It just keeps pouring and keeps pouring. And knowing his love as a father has completely transformed my life. Uh, it's brought such deep healing uh, into so many areas, even into areas that I didn't even need, didn't even know needed healing. He's a loving father that wants relationship with you. And now just because I didn't believe it didn't mean that it wasn't true, that I was his child, that you are his child. It says in 1 John 3 verse 1, see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. That is who I am and that is his That is who you are, because he's a father. So why would God, who doesn't need us and is wholly complete in himself, love me and you as his children? It says in 1 John 4, 8, God is love. It's part of his nature. He is the very definition of love. So he can't but love us. He's got to love us. That's who he is. And it's a love that's so outrageously extravagant. It constantly blows my mind. And I hope as you journey with him as well, that it would continually just fill you with amazement and wonder. I love how uh, science is actually... um, looking more and more into the brain and neurosurgeons have discovered that um, we need love for healthy brain development. I just, I think it's amazing that God created us to need love and he created us in that way so that we would look to him as his dad and receive that love from him. So how does that love manifest itself? It manifests itself in so many beautiful ways. And you can see the Father's love through the whole narrative of the Bible. In fact, the Bible is a beautiful love story of God and his creation. It's about God who constantly chooses connection and to pour out his love, even when his creation rejects him and causes him pain, he still chooses to love. 
In Genesis, it tells us that in the beginning, God, that's Elohim, the, the mighty one, creates the heavens and the earth, and it's good. And then he goes on to create man, and it's really good. And he breathes his, his life into him. Already there's, a, there's an intimate connection of, of God and his, in his creation. Just the, fact, the very fact he made us is, is a symbol of his love. Now, as you probably know, that man broke that intimate connection and we doubted the goodness of God. And we wanted the best, God wanted the best for us, but we thought we knew, we knew better. And we did, Adam and Eve decided to, to create their own rules. And uh, they had to leave the garden. Now, I think it's a beautiful uh, part of the story because when Adam and Eve leave the garden, like sometimes we can think, oh, like God punished them. But actually it was a sign of love. He didn't want them to, to eat from the tree of life and stay in their broken state forever. And one of the things he does when, he leave, when they leave is he clothes them. Like it's such a beautiful sign of his caring love, his kindness for his people. Now, as you know, maybe or not, the story doesn't end there. He doesn't leave his creation to fend for themselves, but he continues to reach out to them again and again. And you see God expressing his desire to love on his people through his promises and the laws. And he sets them out uh, for them and his people and he promises to love them and he wants them to, to love him in return. Uh, God gave his law out of love. Um, sometimes we, we can uh, see uh, law as kind of this rule and a, a negative thing, but actually we need to see the value bet behind uh, the laws and things that God gave his people. God was loving his people by giving them a, a standard of living to live by because it brought them life. The Israelites were meant to, to live differently from the tribes around them because their way of living was meant to point to the nature and character of a holy God who cared about the orphan and the widow and the foreigner and and looked after people's health by giving them good sanitation and kept them clean and enabled to, people to live without worrying about being murdered or uh, being lied to or their things being stolen. He wanted life for them. What a loving God. Jesus sums up all the laws and the commandments in one simple message of love. He says, love God and love others of yourself. Why does he tell his followers to love? Because we're then a reflection of God, who is love. We love because he first loved us. But the story doesn't end there either. God's people have a choice. They can follow him or they don't. And they keep running away from God. They keep rejecting his ways. Not once, but again and again and again and again. But God never gives up on them. He like just keeps pursuing them. It's crazy. Like these Israelites keep letting him down, yet he keeps pursuing them. And it's so amazing how he does that. And even when they cause him pain, like he keeps pursuing, keeps pursuing. And in the end, he comes up, well, he had this plan from the beginning, but he has this ultimate rescue plan of sending his son um, who comes down in human form, God in human form, to, to fulfill all the promises. It says in John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that everyone who believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. 
Did we do anything to deserve this gift? No, it was simply just a pure gift of grace. I love the way the message puts it in Romans. It says, we can understand someone dying for a person worth dying for. And we can understand how someone good and noble could inspire us to selfless sacrifice. But God put his love on the line for us by offering his son in sacrificial death while we were no use whatsoever to him. Because God's nature is to be rich in abounding love. And the story doesn't end there either. Then God gives his children the gift of the Holy Spirit and it's continually available for us today so we can deepen that relationship even further. It says in Galatians, and because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out Abba Father, so that you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. An heir is a receiver of inheritance, and are in, we are heirs to God's glory. Wow. I hope you see the love in the story, like I do. I hope you see that he's a father that pursues us at all costs. He's a father that gives good gifts. <laughs> he's a father that's full of grace. He's a father that's full of just outrageously lavish love that never gives up on us. Is a love that's always patient. It's a love that never runs out. <laughs> it's a love that's so expansive it covers all our wrongs, clears the state, slate. <laughs> and it's a love that can't be earned a love that delights in, in you simply being his child. Another thing that, that stands out to me um, when I read kind of the Bible as a whole is how God wants to be right in the middle of his children's lives. He's not a distant father somewhere up there, but he wants to be like right where they are. He says in Leviticus, I will walk among you and, and be your God and you shall be my people. I love when you look at the design of, um, when he tells the Israelites how to design their camp, like how to set it up. And he puts all the different tribes around, but right in the middle of the camp is where he wants the tabernacle. And that is where God's presence dwells. He's saying, I want to be right in the middle of where you are. And the fact that he was in this tent, he was like, I want to move with you. When you go, I want to come with you. When you stay, I want to stay with you. Take me with you. I want to be in your life. Uh, when we look at his name, one of the, the names that, that God uses the most in the Bible is Yahweh, uh, which can be translated as he is. And I think God is saying so much by this one name. I think it's not only de defining that like he is, that this, he's the beginning and the end and the, the alpha and the omega and that he is... He just exists, you know, nothing created him and he's beyond all things and uh, he's beyond time and space. And, uh, but also he is central to life itself. He's the reason we, we breathe and move and have our very being. He's not just saying, yes, he is big. He is, he is that, but he's also saying he is here. He is present. He is with us. He is with you right now. He is with me here. Another name we might hear is Emmanuel. Again, it means God with us. 
that's his desire. Uh, recently, I got to go to Switzerland um, earlier on last year, before the lockdown, obviously. Um, and uh, I did a, like, a challenge few days. Uh, and we, we had to um, do lots of different things that were helping us to focus on God and our relationship with God. Um, but most of it was very much out of people's comfort zones. Um, and you didn't know what was going to happen next. That was part of it. You kind of had to rely um, and trust in God through the challenges. And at one point during these few days, I found myself completely lost. Um, and I wasn't just a little bit lost. I was completely, I, this is what I felt anyway, that I was completely lost. I'd been walking a long time in the dark. And um, so I didn't know where I was. It sounds crazy, but I didn't even know where I was in Switzerland. I was kind of <laughs> trusting the people who was taking me places. So I didn't even know where I was in the country. And I didn't have a phone and I didn't have any money with me either. I had no idea and I couldn't speak a single word uh, of German or Fran French, depending on where I was in the country. Um, so I was completely just what do I do? How on earth do I get out of this? It's the kind of situation that would completely panic me. <laughs> I'm sure it would completely panic anyone to not know at all where they are. But in that moment, I was so aware of God being with me that I wasn't on my own that actually I had Father, Son and Holy Spirit right next to my side. It was like a, a team. And God was saying, no, we can, we can do this together. We'll find a way out of this together. And I had such a peace in that moment that he was with me. And I believe God wants to give us that, that sense of him being with us all the time. Jesus sends his spirit and where does the Spirit want to live? Inside of us. We are now God's temple. Wow. He really wants to be in our life. He really wants to be in your life. He wants to make his home in us. I think it's quite interesting how home is a very intimate place. You know, we can have guests come round and our tendency might be to, to tidy up and, and make, you know, shove things behind closed doors. Uh, but you can only do that for so long. But if someone actually comes and lives with you, they see you at your worst, you know, as well as your best. And God's saying, I, I want to come and live with you. I, I don't care about, you know, how dirty things get. I want to be right in the middle of your life. I want to be right in the middle of the pain and the joy, the celebration and the tears. Even uh, from the start, I love how God, when he makes Adam, he makes him out of the soil in the ground. I don't know if you've ever gardened, but if you garden, you have to kind of get down on your knees and you have to get in the dirt and you... I don't know about you if you've ever gone, but I tend to get it all over me. You know, you get your hands really dirty. I feel like when God made Adam, he was saying with that action, I don't mind getting in the dirt with you. I'm not afraid of the mess in your life. Let me come and be with you in that mess and help you out of that and bring wholeness and beauty out of it. He is with us and he waits to be invited into every area of our lives so that we can be in all of his. God constantly says throughout, I don't know how many times in the Bible, but I'm with you, don't be afraid, I'm with you, don't be afraid, I'm here, I'm with you. This is part of his character. And he's not some 
empathetic, like small God that wants to be with us. But he's a really big, all-powerful, almighty God that wants to be with you. That's why he says, don't be afraid, because he knows how big he is and how amazing he is. And I think sometimes we find that we, we shrink God to the size of our problem. Uh, or shrink, yeah, rather than seeing our problems shrink to the size of our God. Uh, I don't know about you, but I, I love going out in creation. And it says uh, in the Bible that creation uh, points to who God is. Um, and often uh, when you look at the skies and the vastness, I'm just reminded of how big our God is. I love the stars in the sky. Um, I often talk about um, kind of the planets and science when I talk about nature and character of God in, on the DTS. Uh, and the more I find out about science and creation, it just makes me even more kind of in awe of God. Uh, so sometimes when we look at the, the starry sky, we can feel really small. Uh, and I've kind of been looking at kind of how many stars there are in, in the sky. And it says, I have to look on my notes because I want to get it right. Um, so we live uh, in, the, in our little um, solar system, and, uh, it, which is part of the Milky Way galaxy. Well, scientists reckon there's 10 billion galaxies uh, in the observable universe. And in those, each one of those galaxies, there's 100 billion stars. Now, this is just an estimate, obviously, because they haven't gone counting them all. Uh, but this is what science have done all their, scientists have done their maths. Uh, and which makes out that there's one billion trillion stars, possibly, in the observable universe. Wow. And our sun's just one of them. And we're just this, like, on this tiny little planet. And <laughs> I'm not saying this to make us feel small. I'm saying it because I want us to know that our God is big. He's really big. And sometimes we forget how big he is and we, we want to put him in a little box. And God's like, no, I designed this creation so you'd be reminded of how big I am and how I want to be with you. I love um, how David in the Bible just really gets this. Um, you know, he spent time worshipping and, and spent time as a shepherd looking out on the sky. And when he faces the giant Goliath, he, he's, everyone else is like shivering in uh, fear. And yet <laughs> David just comes up with such confidence. And he's like, um, you know, Goliath is, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to cut your head off. And, and David's like, you might come against me with sword and the spear and the javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. David knew who his God was. And he's a God that was willing to fight for David. He's a God that's willing to fight for you. He's a father that's big, 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 and he's by your side. And he's a father that, that's with us and that, that understands us. We can talk to him about anything. He's been there. Um, it says in Matthew 6 verse 8, Your father knows what you need before you ask him. Jesus uh, came down. He was, became fully human. Uh, he was born as as vulnerable as a vulnerable baby you know it's you can't get any more vulnerable than that They're fully reliable on somebody else to look after you and protect you and he put himself in that in that position so that he could say look I know I know what it's like to feel vulnerable I know what it's like to have to to learn and to grow 
I know what it's like to have to make friends. I know what it's like when those friends let you down. He knows what it's like to, to be rejected, to lose someone, to be stabbed in the back, <laughs> to be ridiculed, to be wrongly accused, to be disbelieved and looked down upon. He knows, he knows all the things that you might experience, the good stuff and the bad stuff. And he's saying, I understand, so you can come to me and you can talk to me as your father. And he can handle all your emotions. <laughs> Prayer is this, this beautiful gift that he gives us that we, means that we can talk to him whenever we like. Um, he's constantly available. It says he never slumbers or sleeps. He understands. And he also knows exactly what we need. Because he created us. When, when someone creates something, they, they, they're immersed in it. It's their idea. They know exactly how something should work um, and how best it works. And so when God created us, he knows how best we should work. <laughs> You know, he knows us better than we know ourselves. It says in scripture that he knows how many hairs are on your head. Wow. I don't know if you've ever tried to count your hairs, but it's, it's a lot. Uh, he thinks of us more than the grains of, of sand on the seashore. That's a lot. He must know us a lot if he thinks about us that much. If we let him, he wants to provide for us. He wants to provide for those needs. And he wants to bring wholeness to every part of our being. Constantly, again, it says in scripture, do not worry. Do not worry. I've got you. I'm going to look after you. Uh, I think it's quite interesting when you look at kind of our basic needs as a human uh, are things like food and light and water and shelter. Um, and actually, when you look at Jesus and his, the names he uses, he says he's the bread of life. He says he's the living water. He says, God says he's our shelter. And he, can you see that from his names he's saying, I'm everything you need. He's a father that provides for us. He's a father that, that meets our need. Uh, I'm so amazed how God um, has provided for us as a family over the years. Um, and I've got lots of different stories of how he's, just the miracles he's done really, um, of his provision and I just wanted to share one little story today. Um, it was quite a few years ago now, but when I was pregnant with one of my children, uh, the midwife said to me, um, Emily, you're going to... Um, my, my blood pressure was really low and my iron levels were really, really low. So she said, Emily, you, you, what you really need right now is steak. What? Okay. <laughs> um, she was like, yeah, you need to have lots of steak. Um, now, at the time, uh, we lived on a YWAM base and we ate um, in a community uh, dining hall. Um, and the food was OK, but it, it wasn't steak. Um, and we didn't have any surplus money to, to buy steak. So we were just, OK, God, how are we going to do this? Emily, I need steak, so you're going to have to provide it. Um, well, the very uh, next day after we'd had this meeting with the midwife, the, um, uh, we went to our, our church and some people invited us around for lunch. And uh, so that was very nice. Guess what they served us? Steak. 
Um, so we were like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. We, we knew that we need, um, I needed steak and now here was God providing it the very next day. Uh, so we're kind of completely blown away by this. And then at the end of the meal, our friends say to us, oh, um, you don't happen to, to want any extra meat, do you? Uh, so we we're like, yeah, sure. We were thinking maybe they'd gone to the supermarket and got, got like a uh, buy one, get one free deal. And they just had like a spare pack of mints or something that they wanted to give, give us. Uh, so anyway, they went away um, and to our surprise, they came back and they had this bag of meat. And it wasn't just a little pack of mints. It was like literally this huge cool bag of just every kind of meat you could you could think of like sausages and mints and burgers and it and it wasn't just like any old like cheap mints like we were used to buying economy like cheap as chip stuff but this stuff was like straight from the cow like Honestly, it was the best meat I've ever tasted and have tasted since. It was so good. And there was so much of it that it then lasted like, uh, like the good few months that I needed it for um, being pregnant. But also there was so much of it that we were then able to give it away to other people as well. <laughs> like that's who our God is. He's a provider and he's an abundant provider. Sometimes we don't actually always know what we need um, or the timing of when we need it. But God, as we said before, is, is so big that he sees the big picture. We just see part of the puzzle, but he sees all of it. And sometimes um, he meets our need in a, in a different way to what we're expecting. But remember, he's shaping us so that we would reflect him so sometimes he's doing things that we don't we don't even realize he's calling us to live a life set apart so we can point other people to him um, so some ways he will meet that need by by placing boundaries around us um, we can think of boundaries as, as negative and he will allow us to experience consequences but they're actually really good. Um, again, it says in, in Scripture, fully embrace God's correction as part of your training, for he's doing what any loving father would do for his children. For whoever heard of a child who never had to be corrected, we should all welcome God's discipline as the validation of authentic sonship. I used to work with uh, young offenders and it was very interesting. They were from lots of different backgrounds, but the majority of them were from uh, broken homes and particularly from homes where they had no boundaries whatsoever. Because they didn't have any boundaries, it, it, it made them even more broken and, and run to even worse things. Boundaries actually create a a protected space where we have more freedom to live a life of fullness. Because God is a father who wants to bring full life to you. Sometimes uh, God will allow us to, to walk through a storm because it's the thing that we, we might need to see some of his character or to, to shape something in us. I'm not saying that he causes storms, but he might permit us to walk through one. But we can trust that he will always be in the storm with us, sitting with us, holding us, or that he'll help us to see uh, and, and rise above it, or he'll equip us to help to, us to walk through it. He's a God that knows what you need in every situation. And he turns every situation around for good because he's a good God. Again, that is part of his nature and character. He can't but help but be good.
He's completely trustworthy to be sufficient and to meet your every need. Uh, recently, uh, one of my needs was to rest and I didn't realise this and so I kept going. In fact, I thought I had been resting and um, I got to the stage where my, my emotional well-being and my physical well-being um, reacted to that lack of rest. And I went through a really tough time. It was my storm, if you like. And I found that I couldn't do things to the normal, my normal capacity. And I found it really frustrating. <laughs> and I felt completely uh, just weak, which was really uncomfortable uh, because I like, I guess, to be in control. We all probably like to be in control. Um, and in that moment, I, I really had to cling on to God, like every day. Um, and, and in the moment, you know, sometimes it was like, I just, I need you in this moment. Like, I can't, I couldn't even see to the end of the day. Um, and it was painful, but God was, was showing me that he was fully sufficient for me. We sometimes don't realise um, who he is and how much we need him until we come to the end of ourself. We realise that, that we have nothing left but God. But when we're in that moment, we also realise that, that actually all we need is God because he is sufficient for me and he's sufficient for you. It says uh, in scripture, he never changes. He's the same yesterday and forever. He's always faithful to be with us. He's always love. He's always understanding. He's always with us. He always provides. And he's always a perfectly good father. This is who God is. This is his nature and character. And we need to stand on the truth of who he says, it, says he is. And we can't always see it as a reality in our lives. The way we see God can be often shaped by um, our own circumstances and our own cultures. Um, but we need to keep coming back to, to the word and coming back to who he says he is and trusting that what he says is true and reminding each other of that. I just wanna speak out some of the truths of who he is um, that I found in, in the word. Our God is almighty and he's awesome and he's a sovereign creator God who's all-knowing and is all-present and is all-powerful and all-majestic and all-beautiful and full of glory. He's the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. He's the rock on which we stand. He's our shield and our protector. He's our fortress in times of trouble, our helper, our comfort, our deliverer, our redeemer the breath of life. He's our shepherd and our guide. He's our strength, our light and our song. He is joy. He is peace. He is love and he is hope. He's a covenant keeping God that's faithful in all his ways. He's righteous and just and compassionate and kind and slow to anger and rich in abundant unfailing love. And he's gracious and endless in mercy and he's, he's long suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. He's our redeemer and he's our sufficient saviour. And he's the bread of life and he's the living water and he's the author and perfecter of our faith. He goes before us as our guide and he covers us by his wings and he's wholly present by our side. 
He hears us and he sustains us and he forgives us. He's the giver of life to the full. And he took all shame and sin upon himself to give us that life. He conquered death itself. He is the victorious one. He is the overcomer. He is the one who is and was and is to come. He's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the reason we live and move and have our very being. Wow. No wonder that the living creatures in, in Revelation never stop singing. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And the response of the elders is to fall on their knees before him over and over again because they realize who their God is. This is our God. This is who he is. And this is the God that we get to know personally. This is the God that you get to have relationship with. Now, I've just mentioned a few, just a few of his attributes today. But that's why it's a lifetime journey, because he's so much bigger than the box that we normally put him in. And I hope that you would uh, want to go on that journey yourself, to want to enter into that relationship or carry on that relationship and keep going and keep discovering more and more about him. I pray that our, our, our eyes would be really open to the truth of who he says he is and what he says about himself. I pray that, that who he is will become a reality in your life. So I've been asked to... Um, pass on some questions to you um, about what you can kind of chat about at home in, in your small groups or maybe they're just questions if you're on your own you can think through yourself um, and my questions are how would you describe your relationship with God at the moment is it one of maybe a boss or a, a father a bridegroom a master a friend what's it like and and what would you like it to look like um, my next question is, what is God showing you about his character or nature in this season? And if you don't know, ask him <laughs> and trust him to show you. And uh, recall a story. Um, when has God shown you his love? And then uh, just a fun one is challenge yourself uh, maybe have a fun competition if there's a few of you online to write up as many names and titles and descriptions of God you can think of. Have fun delving into his, who he is um, and using the word to find out more about, about this amazing God. Um, I've been asked to uh, recommend a, a book to you um, that you could then carry on uh, discovering more and more of this subject. Uh, to, to be honest, <laughs> you know, the book that I really recommend is just get in the word, just like, yeah, read the Bible. Like every, every sentence pretty much shows us something about his character. As you read it, be asking God, God, what, what does this show me about you? Would you reveal yourself to me through this? Um, I found it really helpful to um, read different versions uh, to help with this. So one of the versions of translations of the Bible that really helped me uh, in my walk was the message, um, just to be able to see like the um, overall picture. Uh, one that I'm really loving uh, getting into at the moment is the Passion Translation. Um, 
also love the Amplified as well at times to just, uh, which expands some of the words and descriptions in the Bible. Um, but it would just help find a different version and, and it will it help you to see things maybe in a, in a different way. Might help to open your eyes up. Uh, another book I have is, other than the Bible, um, is this one, The Divine Dance by Richard Rohr. Um, this book is, um, yeah, one that I've read fairly recently. It's really great. It's all about the Trinity. So if you want to know uh, more about, about Father, Son and Holy Spirit and how they work together and how we're invited into that relationship, then this is a really brilliant book that I recommend. Um, it kind of certainly challenged me and made me think uh, about lots of different things. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to reading it again. So I just want to end today uh, with a prayer. Uh, it's a prayer from Ephesians, uh, and I want to pray it uh, over you. Um, this is the, the Passion Translation. I pray that the Father of glory the God of our Lord Jesus Christ would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your heart, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, it's been great to be with you today. Um, just to remind you again, if you've enjoyed this teaching, then please subscribe to our channel. Uh, we've got lots more coming over the coming weeks. Um, and I hope you have a wonderful day and enjoy your journey in getting to know God more. Bye.